Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Exhausted, empty, overloaded, unable to cope? These are some of the words I'll find myself using when I'm burned out or on the path to burnout. We tend to find ourselves in burnout after prolonged periods of stress. It isn't something that sets in all at once. It isn't that we finally have a straw that breaks the camel's back. Instead, we just eventually find ourselves waking up one morning and realizing we just can't even. We find that we've lost our passion and drive for everything in front of us. We might find ways to still be productive, but we tend to be robotic about it, and it just drains us more and more. Burnout is hard. Today, we're going to be discussing what burnout actually is, and I'm also going to talk about some of the times I hit burnout. We're going to be looking at what we can do to prevent burnout, and then what to do if we still hit burnout anyways. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com burnout. Before we get started, though, I wanted to let you know about the 20th season of ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups, which are going to be starting on April 8th. I went through the groups all the way back in the 11th season, and I have been an active member of the alumni group since. Participating in the coaching groups was so much more than I imagined, and it has been one of the driving factors that got this podcast off the ground. The first registration event has already happened, and spots are limited. If you're interested in joining this 10-week program, go to coachingrewired.com and click the big green button to get invited to the second registration event on March 5th. All right, keep on listening to find out what you can do about burnout. Burnout has become a popular topic lately, and it's no surprise with the development of our always-on, always-hustling culture. The term burnout was first coined in the 70s by psychologist Herbert Freudenberger. He was using it to describe the consequences of the extreme stress that nurses, doctors, and others in the helping field were suffering. Burnout has gone on to become a term that can affect anyone, but one group in particular that is susceptible to burnout is those of us with ADHD. Burnout can be hard to define. It's a mental state where we feel like everything is impossible. You're devoid of motivation. You're mentally and physically exhausted. It becomes challenging to muster up the energy to care about anything, let alone take action to better your situation. I don't know about you, but that also sounds a little like depression to me. Although I do want to be clear that burnout and depression aren't the same thing. While they do share some similar characteristics, you reach those points through different means and treat them differently. We often think of burnout as stemming from overworking, but it is often more than just merely working too hard. A big piece of burnout is not taking the time to appreciate what you've already created. If you're too busy to see the progress you've made, it can feel like you're just spinning your wheels. Burnout can be especially hard for those of us with ADHD because we can easily become bored with what we already have. We end up in a cycle of escalation because we just want more. Brendan Mahan of the ADHD Essentials podcast calls ADHD life on hard mode. If you're comparing yourself to someone who's playing on normal, you're going to find yourself needing to put in more work to get to the same place. The problem is, we don't always notice that we're playing on hard mode, and so we think we kind of just suck at what we're doing. That feeling of general ineptitude is a driving factor in burnout. When we feel like no matter what we do, that we're never going to measure up, it often makes us feel like quitting. I felt this way a lot in my life. I've had those little voices in my head telling me that I'm never going to amount to anything, because I'm not working hard enough. And as the self-doubt sets in, I find myself slowing down. And when that negative momentum grinds me to a halt, I just don't want to get back up. I don't want to do anything. Those voices in my head tell me that that work I was doing 
was pointless anyway, so why should I even try? Burnout sucks. You are drained, and even the act of trying to help yourself seems like too much. Well before I got into podcasting, and before I really understood the management side of treating my ADHD, I worked for a professional Ultimate Frisbee League. Yes, that is a thing, although the league has since closed down. Specifically, though, I worked with a team called the Portland Stags. I worked as an operations manager and a content director. For the operations side of things, my job mainly consisted of booking places for the teams to practice and play. But I'd also make sure the players had food at the games, I'd book travel, and I'd cover anything that got missed over the week. Very detail-oriented, and yes, there were a number of times I screwed up in that job. The content side of things was a little easier because, well, I like writing. But it was also equally demanding on my time. While we did hire some writers, we didn't have writers for everything. When we were short, it was just usually me filling in and writing those pieces, which meant I was generally writing two to three articles a week, along with editing other writing that came in and managing our social media. In retrospect, I was doing way too much. But we were operating pretty much the same way that any startup did. And so I didn't give much thought to the fact that I was killing myself with work. Well, when we were in season anyway. Because you see, as a sports league, we didn't play all year round. And so I'd work way too much and then hit the end of the season. And within a couple of weeks, my work would trickle down to nothing. I usually had plans for what I was going to do in the off season. But generally, by the time I hit that point, I was completely burnt out. I know I definitely rolled into the end of the season with some pretty shoddy work a few times. I was working at such a frantic pace that I never got to see the results of what I was doing during the season, and so by the end I kind of just felt worn down to nothing. I spent four years running through this cycle of extreme anxiety and then falling into burnout. I never recognized it while I was in it, which is kind of surprising because my best friend got out of the league because of that same anxiety it was giving him. I think I'd probably still be on that roller coaster if the league hadn't shut down. And while I'm sad the league is gone, I'm also glad that I'm not working there anymore. One of the most insidious things about burnout is that you don't always realize that you are in it. When I was in that postseason rut, I always told myself that I could just work myself out of it, and thank goodness I didn't have any real deadlines because I might have really tried to. Since I've started working on my ADHD in earnest, I've come to realize that working harder is rarely the answer, but is something that so many of us with ADHD believe is the answer. We've been told that we're lazy or that we just need to apply ourselves. Unfortunately, that belief is something that is only going to lead us further into burnout. So there are three main components of burnout. One, exhaustion that is usually both physical and emotional. Two, depersonalization, which is when we lose our enthusiasm for, well, everything. And three, inefficacy, which is that sense of ineptitude I was talking about earlier. Listing out those components of burnout makes me realize that people with ADHD are definitely at a higher risk for burnout. That's like a typical day for me. Do you know how often I feel like I can't do anything right? And then, when I feel like I'm unable to do what I'm trying, I lose my enthusiasm for doing it, and then end up exhausted because I've been trying so hard on everything. So yeah, those of us with ADHD are probably more predisposed to burnout. Fortunately, there are things we can do to keep ourselves from burning out, and also things we can do to help us recover from burnout. I've never been good at setting boundaries, especially with myself. When we're trying to prevent burnout, one of the most vital things we can do is set reasonable limits on our work. After coming to terms with how unhealthy working for the league was, I realized one of my significant issues was that I hadn't created boundaries on when or how much I was working. At one point, I did say I was going to be taking Fridays off since I usually had to work out games on weekends, but really, that just meant I wasn't scheduling any new work on Fridays, and I used it as a chance to catch up on work that had been piling up. And when work is piling up like that, it is tough to set those boundaries. But you know what? Sometimes stuff piles up. Sometimes 
things don't get done. When I got a message that we needed an update on an article at 10 p.m., I didn't need to do that work right then. I mean, if I had been sleeping when I got that message, I wouldn't have read it until the next day anyways, and it would have been fine. It's essential to set those boundaries for when you aren't working. Now that I have young kids, I make it a rule that I don't work in the evenings at home. It's not fair to them, and honestly, it's impossible to actually get any work done when they're trying to distract me. It's just frustrating all around, so it's better to just not do it. Giving yourself boundaries for when you are working also means that you need to be taking time off from work. I've come to realize that this means I'm going to take time off from doing this podcast. Sure, I love what I'm doing, but that doesn't mean I don't need recovery time as well. So yeah, I'm going to be having a few weeks here and there where I'm not putting out new content. That's kind of scary as a content creator, but it's also something that's important for my mental health. Next, we need to be prioritizing self-care. And boundaries are going to come in here again because it's all too easy to try and skimp on self-care to get a little more done. No, self-care has to come first. If we're not taking care of ourselves, we are just going to be shorting ourselves in the long run. We let not taking care of ourselves become a habit, and then we just wear ourselves down. Often when we're thinking about self-care, we're thinking about just the basics of taking care of ourselves. Getting enough sleep, eating a healthy diet, exercising. But self-care is more than just doing the minimum to keep yourself going. Yeah, I know you could get by with less, but we don't want to be just getting by. We find ourselves in burnout when we spend too much time just getting by. So just getting by isn't our goal. And we've got to do more than just the basics. Are you getting enough sunlight? I mean, I live in Washington State, so sometimes the sun can be a little hard to find, but it's important, so I still try. You've also got to be making sure that you're getting out and seeing friends. We're social creatures, and a lack of meaningful time with friends and family takes a toll. I had a busy week this week, but I still made it out to lunch with a friend because keeping up that relationship matters to me. So go beyond the basics with your self-care. Make yourself a priority. But one thing we've got to make sure of is that we're not just numbing, which is when we're doing stuff to get away from the world around us. Self-care is about taking care of your needs. Numbing is about shutting out the world. Relaxing and binging on Netflix can be self-care, but if you're only doing it to block out that stress at work, it isn't actually going to be helping. A key difference is deliberateness of what you're doing. If I'm sitting down and watching Netflix to spend some time with my wife, yeah, that might be self-care. If I'm dropping down to the couch and turning on Netflix because I don't want to deal with anything else, yeah, that's probably numbing. The last thing I want to say about preventing burnout is that we don't need to be sprinting to our next goal all the time. We've got to slow down and just go at our own pace. I know that it can feel like we're behind sometimes, even a lot of the time, but there's no finish line. If we're trying to run this endless marathon at a dead sprint the whole time, well, our legs are just going to fall off at some point. All the duct tape in the world isn't going to fix that. Sometimes it takes us a little longer to do things, and that's okay. And I'll be honest, this is something I still struggle with a lot. I've come a long way in accepting my ADHD, but one thing that I always find hard is genuinely believing that some things are harder for me, even when they clearly are. There are obvious things, like when I forget what I'm saying mid-sentence, but there are other things that I still sometimes believe I just need to punish myself for, like when I'm having trouble sitting down and finishing what I'm working on. I know beating myself up over it isn't the right answer. I mean, I've tried that for most of my life, and, spoiler alert, I've yet to see that actually produce good results. But what has helped me, slowly but surely, is coming to terms with the fact that ADHD does make things hard, even if I can't see how. If we can, we want to try and prevent burnout, but we're not always lucky enough to recognize it in time to stop it before it hits us. I know when I've hit burnout, it's often because I get into a cycle of believing that I'm just not doing enough, and so I need to try harder and just do more and more and more and more which is really just throwing gasoline on that fire. 
so we've also got to know how we can recover from burnout. I wish there was an easy solution I could give you all, but everyone's recovery is going to look different. That first step is always going to be taking some time off and reassessing what actually matters to you. Burnout is often a symptom of when your reward no longer matches the amount of work you're putting in. When you lose sight of what matters to you and why you're doing what you're doing, the reward is never going to seem worth it. An excellent way to work on that reassessment is through journaling. When I'm just trying to think through a problem, I often have trouble with thinking in loops and never really articulating my feelings. When I spend the time to write down those thoughts, the structure of the page really helps me understand what I want to say. For me, getting out of burnout has often meant getting into nature and doing some kind of physical labor. In my last bout of burnout several years ago, I remember getting out to Mount Rainier for some great hiking. I also greatly restricted my access to technology. Video games and social media are really easy for me to use for numbing, and to get out of burnout, we've got to stop that numbing. We've also got a pretty good blueprint for what else is going to help us get that recovery. All those things that help us prevent burnout are going to be essential to start adding back into our lives. If you've been living on a diet of ramen and cliff bars for a couple of months, find some way to add in some real foods in your diet. If your exercise routine has consisted mostly of counting the steps between your couch and your fridge, then call a friend and see if they want to go on a walk with you. Double points for being active and being social. And so to reiterate, burnout sucks. It sneaks up on us and it drags us through the mud. It can feel like a cycle we're never going to get out of. But with some patience and some focus on managing our ADHD, we can work on preventing burnout and living a happier life. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Burnout consists of three parts. Exhaustion, both mental and physical, loss of meaning in our work, and a feeling of ineptitude. Burnout is a slow grind, and we've got to pay attention to why we're feeling unmotivated when doing tasks we normally enjoy. 2. We want to prevent burnout by setting healthy boundaries around our work, prioritizing self-care, and remembering to take time off. Not comparing ourselves to others and accepting that our ADHD makes things hard will also help us with not feeling like we're so far behind everyone else. And three, if we do hit burnout, we need to reassess what our needs are and identify what's causing us to burn out. Take some time off and figure out what really matters to you. We often hit burnout when our rewards don't match our efforts. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can connect with me over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash burnout. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. I listen to both shows and often come away with some great ideas on managing my ADHD. I also do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one coming up on March 10th, just go to ADHDrewired.com events. It's been a pleasure, and until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.